The views, information, or opinions expressed during the filming of this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent any church affiliation of hosts, Ray Kent. I want to welcome you to the Not Safe for Church podcast where we serve the saints and the ain'ts because Jesus is for everybody. I am your host, Ray Kent. I want you to like, comment, and subscribe. Do it all right now if you ain't done it yet. All right, I want to welcome my co-host right now. We got SJ back in the building. Come on. How's it going? It's going good. We got we got Brienne in the building. What's up? Come on. And we got Amy in the building. Oh, hi. Come on. I'm super excited y'all are here. Me too. It's a good day. It's a great day. I, I mean, the energy, the vibes, it's almost summertime hot boy, summer hot girl, hey. summer. If you want to be hot, because I'm going to be hot. But uh, I'm not hot. Like, not hot as in hell, but like hot as in fine. But <laughs> yes, I think it's a perfect time to do an ad. You know, we love ads here because guess what? Ads keep the podcast going. So if you have a hey. business, I need you to be giving me some ads. Okay, praise God. All right, this is one of our partners, 323 Coffee. They believe having coffee with your friends, family, or someone you just met leads to a vulnerability like no other. Will and Jen Sweeney created 323 Coffee in 2021 with our flagship, The Conversation Roast, a dark, delicious roast best enjoyed with someone. Some of y'all like enjoying dark things with things, but that ain't none of my business. Craft <laughs> Coffee with a purpose. They donate 20% of all their profits to a nonprofit of your choice. Purchase their coffee today at 323coffee.com. 323coffee.com. Well, y'all know how we start every episode. We have the altar call. Some of you may be asking, what is the altar call? Y'all, let me tell you something. Last night I went to church. You did? I went to church and the pa- and the, pa- the pastor started praying for me. And I haven't been in an altar call in so long. Yes, I've been working at churches, but church I was working at, they didn't do altar calls. Mm-hmm. No judgment. I ain't judging nobody, but sometimes I need, I be I going am, through, I, I need, lay your hands on me. I need you to put the oil. Yeah. This man started praying for me. And he said, Like he called you out? No, he just came to me. He said, I was trying to pray for you on Sunday when you were at church, but you left. Cause you know I be trying to come and leave, Ooh. come and leave. I'm not trying to be, you know, all up you in the. You had to make it to brunch. You know what I mean? How, I, I didn't know. I didn't go. I, went, I made it to the pool on Sunday. Yeah, oh, we went to the pool. Yeah. But come on, and then you met my grandma, and uh-huh. then you had your boobs out. Oh, weird. <laughs> and Ashley was like, "Oh my God, I'm not ready." I was like, "My nana has seen boobs before. She has some." All right, but no, the pastor he she prayed for me, some. y'all. <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, yes, my na- my, my mom and my nana they have nice boobs. Like, That's and no, great. nothing weird like about it like no they always have like that has been something that i have always noticed about them they always have like they're just great all the things yeah but i don't not like i i don't even explain but the pastor literally prayed for me y'all and i'm telling you i acted so pentecostal i was screaming acting a fool i was so embarrassed my hat came off my hair was not combed my glasses came. i said i got up i said i i said i've been high on some other stuff before but i was high (laughs) on the spirit yesterday and i wasn't on high on the spirit of the white and white evangelical jesus it was the good jesus hallelujah all right the altar call is when we call out our brothers And sis, I am go. really on one today. I love this for <laughs> Me too. Um, our brothers and sisters who may be in need of prayer. Um, the first topic I want to talk about is something I've noticed is people who we hold um, to high standard. Um, a lot of times when people are uh, highly gifted, um, I think we hold people to such a high level. My question to you, is there a way to be insanely gifted but still be seen as human? And what I mean is, um, I think the documentary uh, with Hillsong Church right now, that is a crazy documentary. But like these people are really just human and insanely gifted. Um, I think about the thing we don't. Have, I don't want to talk about it. But the thing with Will Smith and Chris Rock, Chris, uh, Will is a human being. Like he's insanely gifted, but 
I don't think, I think sometimes we think like insanely gifting and uh, humanness don't go together. It's kind of like when a pastor, like. I just think it's a lot of pressure. Okay. Right? Like once you become a face or something, right? Yes. Like that pressure is put on you where you feel like you have to play this part. Yes. Right? So I don't, once you become that, it's hard to go back. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. Right? Like you have to keep up with that facade, whether it's whatever it might be. Well, and I think that's. It's from whose perspective? Like, do I view that person as still being human, even though they're insanely gifted? I usually will if they've expressed some vulnerability in their journey that they are human. But when they put on a facade, for me, it's really hard to offer grace for somebody who's Mm -hmm. been kind of a bad actor. And then they fall. (laughs) Yes. I've known you were fallible, but clearly you didn't and you've been putting on. But if somebody's vulnerable and has humility in their walk, and they fall. I'm like, well, you've been telling us the whole time you've been struggling with these things. So, like, yeah. I got you. Nothing but grace and mercy for you. Yeah. But for me, it's like when you do one thing and you say another, um, that's, mm. that's yeah. or say one thing and do another, that's to me where I have, like, a hard time extending that grace. I feel that. Also, though, I think that we as people, you know, that are in perceived positions of power, we really need to be careful with that. Yes. And really make sure that we are lifting up the people around us and not allowing ourselves to buy into this idea of massive ego because it's so easy. I I can't even tell you how many people will be like, you know, I, I want you to do this or this or win this award or you're this or, and it's really easy to take on all of Mm -hmm. these labels or images or things that people are putting onto you and you have to make a conscious effort to say no yeah that i am actually a human and 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 correct people when they're wrong and invite them like i really like what sia i don't know if you guys follow sia at all Mm -hmm. but what she did was she started getting really uncomfortable with the fame yeah and people putting all of these images on her she started getting involved with alcohol depression things that were really really heavy on her so she started covering her face so that she could really put a barrier in between her and this idea of like fame, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I really admired that. And I, I've seen other people in leadership positions, both in churches and businesses, different yeah. things, where they've decided to to be human yeah. and to acknowledge themselves as humans so that other folks could. Yeah. Because everyone's just looking for somebody to worship. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I think good. even for me, like I remember when I was working at churches, like I would tell people like, oh, like that was a good song. Like, oh, when you lead worship, and I'm like, baby, you see me sing for 15 minutes. That's, that's it. You don't see me when my sister call me and piss yeah. me off and I want to cuss her out. Like you don't you don't see me when I'm in the and I'm and I'm driving and somebody cut me off and I want to flick them off. Like you don't you don't see that. Like but people get so caught up in like that. When you're like when you're really working in your light, yeah. It, it's like it's beautiful. Yeah. Like I have seen people who I think are ugly. But when they are doing the thing oh. that they are called to mm-hmm. do, I'm like, oh, I want your number. Can you <laughs> hop in my DMs? At? Can you lay hands? I mean, like, Uh-oh. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. when people are in, like, because it's just something about when you're working here. But, like, that's really not who you are. Mm-hmm. That's why I always tell, like, people, like, when I do, like, when I date, I always, like, don't watch my podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, don't follow me on Instagram. Because that's not really who I am. And mm-hmm. I don't want you to fall in love with that person. Mm-hmm. Because that's not the Raynaud you're going to get. You're going to get the Raynaud that looks a mess at home. You're going to look the Raynaud that his hair is not together. Um, his Invisalign is probably dirty. Like, But there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Mm. So, you know, so yeah. I feel like, no, they should follow you. They yeah. should see that side of you. Because that's you too, right? Like, But they get to see the vulnerable side. Yes. I think it is super important. I think it's hard for people to show that vulnerable side. Yeah. Um, I'm guilty of 
of it too. Like I feel like I have my shit together. I have nothing together. If you, you guys know me, like I don't, and I'm okay with that. If you see me down, I'm having a down day yeah. and that's just how it's going to be. Like if I don't post something over the weekend and someone says, Hey, are you okay? I'm great. I just didn't want to fucking post. I'm tired of like, posting. I, just, I was enjoying my life. Like, it's nothing else. Like, I post it always. I mean, give me a break. Like, 28 workouts. <laughs> but it's just like, let me just be. Like, yeah. I think social media has put so much pressure on people totally. to like be this idea of what people should be. Mm-hmm. And I saw just something the other day. Someone was, a guy actually posted, I don't even know who it was. He was like, don't think that if, you know, if you have a regular job doing a regular thing, we don't see you. We see you. Come on. You know, like, it's Cause not. Because I'm about to be working don't... on a regular job, doing <laughs> a not... regular thing. But I'm just, it's true. Like, you don't <laughs> have to be up here. Yeah. You don't have, like, everyone's great. Yeah. Just accept them for who they are. I think, too, like, speaking of people who are in places of leadership, like yeah. you said, with that influence, like, it is your responsibility with that influence. That's it. What you do with it. Yes. And yes. If you are not speaking from a place of transparency at that pulpit per se, then then you're going to take a hard fall and people are going to hold your feet to the fire. Like one thing I love about my pastor in church is every message is like, this is for me before it's for you. And God's working on me and I'm asking him to work on you like that type of vulnerability to me lets me know that I do belong. Yeah. And I am in a safe space rather than someone speaking from this level of like holiness and righteousness that is unattainable personally to me then i feel really like i'm not in the right place and if the goal is to make people feel like they belong right yeah as a christian and in the church we're doing it all wrong it's time for the church to start being the church again because jesus was for everybody jesus wasn't just for the i just feel like i am in church right now Another thing that I see happening is there's so much sexism in the world. I have seen women hit the glass ceiling, not even being able to reach their full potential. All of you three women are are leading businesses, organizations. How do you change the future? What is the solution of sexism? How can we do better? I tell men to stop mansplaining to me that I don't need them to interrupt me in meetings. Yes. First of all, um, I feel like I've... One, I, in my big, beginning of my career, I had a mentor who she owns multiple businesses. She's a multimillionaire. She owns a dispensary and oxygen bars. And she's like, in so, Vegas? yes. And she is so spiritual and such a beautiful soul. And when I first started in sales, I would like get my feelings hurt and I'd start crying. And she's like, you go to that bathroom and you do not let them see you cry. And I'm like, but I want to be like vulnerable. And she's like, you do not let them see you cry. And for a while, I felt like I had to kind of almost toughen up a little bit Um, and I had really hard edges but now in the position that I'm in I I really kind of ignore it I like today I had to come to Jesus with 12 men in my office and I don't even acknowledge the fact that I'm a woman and they're men anymore I like what is there to talk about yeah I for me and I know that sexism is real but I feel like the more that I like oh I'm a woman and they're a man and I'm a woman in a male-dominated industry the more that I I become a victim instead of a victor, which what it, I write your paychecks. <laughs> and Ooh, I mean, signature? Oh, but these these people. <laughs> I could do the podcast because she helped. <laughs> <laughs> these people know that I lead with love rather yeah. than an iron fist, and I'm like mm. mom to them now. But that's taken a while. But if I say something and a man goes, comes and says the same thing, he's viewed as a savage, a beast. Oh, Boy. me, I'm like. 
she's like, oh, that's that time of the month for her. And that's just not fair in the world. So I feel like after a while, I let it stop bothering me. But I feel like the more that I pay attention to it, others notice it as well. But I mean, I know it's real. Yep. For me, I don't experience it as much, though. But I was going to say, I think for me, I didn't really realize it until I started having a man around me at work. And how people treated me differently mm. when they would see him with me. Mm. I was like, true. Wait. Like, yeah. I just thought this is how it is. Right. And then as soon as he started being with me, I was like, wait, what? Mm. Like, it's a totally different vibe. It's a totally, and it pissed me off. Like, and it still happens. Like if I'm there by myself during the day and then as soon as he shows up, it's like a different everything. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, it's not, that's not okay. Yeah. It's not normal. Right. So it took me a while to realize that. Cause again, I think I was just oblivious to it. Um, I experienced it in our gym though, because we had done some construction and we were hiring, you know, companies to figure it out. And one of the companies that we had talked to the way he spoke to us, I was just like, Nope. And he's like, excuse me. And I was like, we're good. And I walked out and my business partner (laughs) followed me and she was like, thank you. I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, who talks to people like that? Like, he said something like, okay, girls. And I was like, okay, watch yourself. And then it continued. And I was like, bitch, I'm paying you. Like, what? Like, where did this? So then, you know, and we didn't hire them, obviously. But it's just like that crazy experience where, like, you really don't think it happens until it happens. And you're like, whoa. What the? That's not okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I've like, uh, I really liked what both of you said, but specifically with the mentorship piece, I've been privileged to have so many amazing women that have come alongside me as they've been reaching their goals and their careers coming Mm -hmm. alongside me and saying, all right, I want you to come with me. I want you to come with me. Let's do this together. And because of that, it really modeled this idea for me of, oh, that's what we do here. Mm -hmm. And then I've also seen, you know, through different workplaces, and experiences women really stepping on one another and putting each other down and perpetuating the patriarchy, perpetuating this stuff. I was just going to say that. I'm not a woman, but I know with some the, women. With specifically in the white woman's space, honestly, mm. where I'm seeing a lot of people stepping on women of color, stepping on other women so that they can reach these goals that they have. And it's garbage. It's such garbage. And calling that out, honestly, I think is the best thing that we can do as women. And I know that like, I'm positive you two are doing this. And and I know that, yes, we need to bring men into this. We need to bring men into this, but women need to be standing up for each other. Yeah. Girl, you were singing my song. I've experienced this over the last few months. And I feel like it's the women with the women empowerment quotes. Totally. Oh my gosh. And the memes. Oh my gosh. Um, And I'm like, ladies, but you're a hater. Yep. You're a hater. You must feel threatened by me. Yeah. And instead of like building each other up, empowering each yeah. other and slaying what we have to slay, That's like right. now we're divided because somebody has to get the limelight. Um That's it. But it's so true. And it's the girls who shout, Yeah, girls run the world are just the first to just tear each other down. Yeah. Yeah. We're fighting too. I'm like, why are you wearing that shirt right now? You don't even <laughs> believe in it. You know what I mean? Like, why are you doing that? So it's true. true. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we're going to go okay. to one of our, another one of our partners, Bell Solar and Electrical <laughs> System. Oh, my God. Brianne, do you want to say anything? She's a CRO. I am. 
No, do you want me to do, you want me to do the ad? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the ad. She's like, wait. Okay, do the ad. Come Bell on. Solar and Electrical Systems, women-owned and operated. Been yes. in business for 15 years. Oh, Come my. on. Best of Las Vegas for two years in a row in solar and electrical categories. A-plus on the Better Business Bureau. And we are the founding partners with Henderson Silver Knights. Oh, yes. Uh, the wow. CEO, Alexia Cooper, was just awarded on Forbes 30 Under 30. Ow. She is the youngest C2 Electrical licensed contractor in the state of Nevada, the youngest female. so impressive. So that. impressive. Um, and we are all about giving back. Actually, we just got back from Nepal after donating $100,000 and we built a solar system um, on a hospital out there, you know, up in the Himalayas and it was a powerful experience. Um, but if you need solar and want to save on the electrical <laughs> bill, Raynald, DM Raynald. Come on. Send I'm your a- power bill. I'm going to give you some of the commission. So I'm trying to get money any time away. I got about seven jobs, okay? And I ain't playing. I'm going to sing at church. I'm going to work a real job. I'm going to marry people. I'm I'm hosting a wedding in May. I'm doing something I never did before. I'm selling solar. I'm telling you. I'm please. You are so employed right now. I'm so employed. I love it. And then I'm going to, ooh, shut that. And then I'm going to buy me a house. Or if you want to buy me a house. I was believing God for to marry a realtor, but. <laughs> when you buy that house, put solar on it. That's right. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's a lot of beautiful realtors. All right. Our topic today is overcoming. Number six again? <laughs> oh, number six is not a realtor. Number six works. Let me. I don't want to give too much out because I know y'all know me. Uh, and y'all know who I'm hanging around. Hanging out with in 2014. Uh, All right. Okay. Renault opens up the discussion. Oh, this is so- <laughs> You just got I'm so my nervous. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can you play the music again? I'm not cutting this out. All right. Uh-uh. In life, we are fighting. In life, we are all fighting a battle. Amen. Some battles are brought to us through the things that are completely out of our control. Our battles, other ba- oh my God, other battles we walk through our. Let me just tell y'all something. Today, we are talking about overcoming. I was like, I'm not even reading anymore. I know. I'm trying to be like Oprah and Maya Angelou and give some inspiration. Super Soul Sunday. I'm trying to do Super Soul Sunday on, on this Super Soul Thursday. Do we really record on Thursdays? Is it live? I don't know. That's my business. <laughs> All right. Brian, I would love for you to share um, just some of your story. Um, how did you go from having addictions to being one of the most successful women in Las Vegas? Yeah, preach. Like, how did you get there? Thank you. Um, but short answer is god yeah um that's really the short answer like people ask me all the time you know what was your rock bottom and what was your recipe for success and like i don't know a little bit of work a whole lot of god's mercy the right people in my life um seconds and inches because there are so many people that die from addiction that don't get the opportunity that i got um, you know, but I was an opiate and heroin addict for 15 years of my life. My yeah, mom wow. died of opiate addiction um, as a pastor's wife. Wow. I grew up a pastor's kid. Um, I knew better. I had better. But addiction, you know, knows n- no boundaries whatsoever. Yeah. has, um, you know, affects everybody. Children, no children, rich, poor, black, white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, the opiate addiction just it's still running so rampant. But. You know, for me, like I thought about this question a little bit before I came on. Um, for me, I I think, too, and I'm going to 
probably be a little controversial here, but no, you're good. I already talked to my pastor. So, um, I think the problem with Christians today in the matter of addiction is they believe that they have been delivered and then they do no work. And yes, you have been delivered, but you have a part to do. You have to be a good steward with the second chance that God has given you. And so when God rescued me from the pits of hell and I mean, Literally, I'm a mom who ODs on my front lawn with my baby strapped to the back seat of the car. Jesus. I'm a mom who ODs time and time again, CPS cases, warrants, um, you know, you name it, jail, uh, CPS, DV. I've I've experienced it all. And when God when I say God gave me a second chance, um, I know that to my like core today. And so I feel really indebted for my life. So I get busy. It's like the prodigal son, like. I was welcomed home, but like, I got to get busy and show God my gratitude for this Amen. life. And so I feel like there's a lot of pr- the problem and the disconnect with people that I see get delivered at the altar and then relapse time and time again, because they haven't connected that they need to, to do some work still. Yeah. And so for me, I had to be around people who had the same peril as I did, the same disease, because it is a disease. The medical community is in on this. I don't care what you believe. Um, I react differently to alcohol and drugs than normal people. And so um, for me, like, yes, you've been delivered, but you got to get busy. And so I was really around, I was graced to be around a lot of people who had what I had and who found a way out and had transformed their lives. And I needed to be around recovering addicts and alcoholics in tandem with my spiritual work in the church. I had to do both. I could not be left to my own devices around people who made me feel like I didn't belong. They weren't talking about that. They weren't talking about the issues they had, their addictions, their vices, how they were struggling. They weren't talking. So I come to church and I feel like I don't belong here and I have a problem that they don't have and God doesn't like like girls like me. Because if you knew what a girl like me did for a bag of dope and a drink before I got to to God again, like God doesn't like girls like me. That's what my my head told me. But the truth is, is that. I, I have seen women and men transformed by the power of God and 12 step fellowships where thank God I was wrapped up with those people and people. And I'll say this and shut up. No, you're good. Keep people going. who oh God, did, this. they called me on my stuff. Like I remember meeting my first, you know, mentor, if you will, cause I don't want to like, you know, I want to follow some traditions here, but my first mentor. And I said, you know what? I lost my child to CPS. And she's like, girl, you lost him where? In the grocery store, you didn't lose him. You gave him away for drugs and alcohol. Like I had people like that speaking into my life who were like, cut the bull. That's not true. You've been telling yourself that story, but that's not true. And really, I had to get to the point where like I needed people to stop patting me on the butt and telling me like, you know what? Everything's going to be okay. Cause it was not going to be okay. I was going to die. And I had to have really people in my corner that were like telling me the truth about myself. Like that's ugly. That's nasty. You're angry. You need to heal. You have Mm. trauma. You need to go to therapy. Like, and really not telling me what to do, but because listen, like one plants, one waters, but he brings the increase. But I had people in my life that were planting and watering and saying, Hey, this is what I've done. This was my experience. I used to be a prostitute. I used to rob cemeteries. Like 
wear trash bags for socks. I knew a guy who wore trash bags for socks and robbed cemeteries. And today he was like a foreman and had a healthy family. And like, so when I would see people transform like that, I knew and I had the hope that it was possible for a junkie like me, you know? So like the right people around you and the people that share in that common peril, whatever you have. Um, but all the other stuff is like, if you want to know the truth, like, yes, I have a multi-million dollar business. Yes, I've had major success. Yes, I have five kids and a sober husband. But, like, that's all extra. Like, God getting me sober so I could be a mother to my little boy Noble again, that would have been enough. Everything else is, like, icing on the cake, really. But it's it's a good life. I have an extraordinary life. And I don't think I – I know I would have missed it all. Because the enemy likes to lie to us and tell us we're not worthy. You're going to die just like your mother. You're nothing but an addict. Shame. Like, and my biggest struggle today is the shame and guilt of who I was. But God says I'm perfect and I'm beautiful and I'm redeemed and I'm restored. Like, and that's what I believe. So, man, I mean, that's it. God. Yeah. Short answer. Um, and I'll, listen, I t- we talked about it at dinner tonight. I'm like an overworker. I, I hustle <laughs> for God's love because I know that he's done so much for me and I do feel so indebted. But I don't think that's what he's asking of me. Yeah. Because he saved me because I'm perfect and I'm his child. Not because I need to do all these grandiose things for him necessarily. But I still do just because I'm a boss like that. But, you know. <laughs> Wow. I'm telling you, I'm like in tears laughing. It's good. Wow. Life is really good. Life is really, really good. And there's so much power in your testimony. Always. And I just think that like, man, that is courageous. Yeah. There's some people have stories that they don't feel like they could share them. It is your responsibility to share them. If you have experienced a victory in your life. That's right. It is you. It's your duty to share that for somebody who is suffering. It's not about you anymore. When I mentor women, especially mothers who are, you know, something personal right now, we're fostering a little girl and we fostered the little girl, not because I have an empty nest. I have three-year-old twin boys. I have four (laughs) children, but we fostered this little girl because the mother is struggling. And I knew if the mother got sober and got her life together and took that little girl back, it's a win. Mm -hmm. That little girl will have a sober mom. Like my son has, you know, a sober mom, but it is. And I share with her every visit at child Haven, you ready to go to treatment? I'll pay for treatment. Look at me. And she's like, I'm 30 years old. I'm like, I got sober when I was 30. Your life is just beginning. So it is like, if you have something that you need to, to share, you don't feel like you can, like, I mean, maybe this is a little far, but shame on you. Yeah. That's, that's what God's called you to do. That's why you went through it. So you yeah. could show other people God's power in your life. You know, that's just how I feel anyway. Ooh, mighty God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Well, Amy, um, you're one of the most compassionate people I know. And, um, really nice. I've realized that a lot of times when somebody shows a trait, it is because that has not always been the thing that's done to them. So a lot of times people not even overcompensate, but people give what they wish were given to them. And I don't really know your story like that, but how, how are you this person? What made you this person? What is the story behind it? Um, there's been a lot. I mean, 
Yes, I've, I've faced a lot of adversity and I've overcome a lot of things and unfortunately met people that I trusted yeah. that did me very wrong mm. and were not trustworthy. Um, but I've also overcome a lot in my life. I'm also sober. And I think that everything that you're saying, it's so important that we share our stories and that we are people that others can trust mm-hmm. and others yeah. can rely on and lean on and, and talk about. But I think the the main thing for me truly is the compassion that's been shown to me mm-hmm. yeah. um, and the people who have showed up for me um, and been compassionate when I didn't deserve it. And specifically, I went through a, um, you know, a white woman in America and I've faced a lot of things, um, but we went through this. Uh, we went through this thing called a race walk, yeah. uh, courageous communication by Dr. Glenn on race, and it, and it was fascinating. And we all stood in a circle after filling out this questionnaire on, like, um, you know, can you find your color of band aids in the store? Is it easy for you to find your shampoo? Mm. You know, the foods that you eat are they easy to find? And we're all standing in a circle and across the room from me, I saw my friend Asia and um, her and I were both single parents and we both were going through similar things with our kids' dads. And I look across the room and she's at the end of the line and I'm at the front of the line. And I just realized then, you know, how much I had been taking for granted Mm -hmm. and how kind the black women and women of color had been in my life to me and the amount of compassion that they had showed to me any number of times for the amount of harm that I have shown them and continue to show them, right? Because I'm working through a lot of the racism and that's been in me. And so continually working on that anti-racist work has been transformative in my life. Um, And something that I'm really proud of, even even with my employees and and with the things that we're working in in my organization and, and we have to, as as white women, again, we need to be building each other up. We need to be building these communities. And that's how we're able to attack these issues that we're seeing in our world. And I guess, like, the opposite of compassion is indifference, you know. And we need to make sure that we're really alert and aware of what we've been given and making sure that we're giving that back to the people around us. Yeah. And I've been given a lot by women of color. And I, I really owe it to them to make sure that I'm turning that around and making the world a safer place for them as much as I can. Yeah. I think sometimes when it comes to the idea of overcoming, I think sometimes uh, like when you want something for somebody, you could see them overcoming a certain way. And my question to all of us is how do we not push our own agenda on somebody overcoming how we think they should. You know what I mean? Yeah. um, I'll tell you my, when I first got sober, I had about 18 months of sobriety and I came home and, you know, me and my dad were actually getting loaded together towards the end of, of my run and, uh, you know, pretty hardcore stuff. And when I came back, you know, I I wanted to put him in treatment and you're going to get this sponsor and you're gonna go to this 12 step fellowship and I really like had planned out his life for him for him to get sober and I had to learn some really hard lessons about my will versus God's will and often we hear a voice in our head and we're like that's God talking to me it's like no that's not that's you (laughs) that's you (laughs) that's you you're delusional um but I think it goes back to like one plants one waters and he brings the increase because my job is to share my experience, my yeah. testimony, yes. and I mentor a lot of 
young women who share similar struggles and they call and they say, you know, should I, what should I do? Should I date? Am I ready for this? Am I ready for that? And I mean, my first mentor, she would say, I don't know, call God. And she would hang up on me. <laughs> and I would be brand spanking new, a couple months in a new, this new yeah. life. What's the number? Yeah. And I, I've been looking for it. But she really <laughs> forced me to hone my connection yep. with my creator, whatever right. that looked like, because what may work for her may not work yeah. for me and vice yep. versa. And so I don't ever want to stand in the way of that. But trust me, I try and I do because I think because I am such a high functioning performer and I have been so successful. I'm like, I know what's best for everybody in this room. And I get, I get let down pretty hard and I get reminded that God is in control and I have no idea what's best for anybody, let alone myself. How many messes I've put myself in. So, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I do. I try to, I try to direct people back to the one who can provide those answers and it's a much harder, longer road. Yeah. It's easy to get an answer from a human right away. Literally. But like yeah. when you have to work on that connection and that intuitive thought will come. It yeah. will. When we sit, when we pray, when we meditate, it will eventually come. Yeah. I think for I mean, I love that you always go back to God. Cuz someone who doesn't, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm still on my journey and whatnot. Like I think when people come to me and, you know, are having trouble or issues or I mean, for me it's just support. Right. Go do you. I will support you. 100%. I will be there when you fall because, mm-hmm. baby, I know you're going to. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to tell you you're going to. Go do it. You I'm, have to yeah. learn for yourself. We've all been there. We've all made mistakes. We've all yes. taken that wrong turn, mm-hmm. right? But you have to hit that point to where you want to change, where okay. you want to see that change. So I think, you know, especially in – I have some very close friends who have come to me and said things and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Mm -hmm. I know it's not the right move, but we're going to do it and let's see where we go. You're a good friend. You hold, you hold space for people, which creates a safe place for people because when people do mess up, they know they can come back to you and say, Hey, because you've created that safe space for them where you're like, I told you, but here I am. I love you. Let's go again. Where do you want to go this time? (laughs) That is invaluable. It does take the ego out of it, though, because I I don't want to like surprise any of us, but we don't have the answers for anybody's life. Mm -mm. All of us are starting from completely different places, Uh, right? None of us have the answers for anybody's life. And so the best thing that we can do for somebody else is just giving them access to self-determination and self-empowerment so reminding them to go look in the mirror and trust themselves learn what they want learn what they like that's the best thing that we could do we we're not going to be able to answer anybody's anything yeah i don't know for me i think i remember me and my sister uh when she me and my sister lived totally different lives um i was always like the one like trying to do everything right and like i always wanted to prove like okay like I'm going to make my parents happy. I'm going to do this. They say, go to school. I'm going to go to school. And I remember I used to tear down my sister, like to the point where like, I look back now and I'm grateful for like the grace and the mercy that she's shown me, but I've said some hurtful things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, yeah, I just did. And I think sometimes like our, our judgment is really in jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so jealous that my sister could just be herself. Right. I was so jealous that my sister didn't mm-hmm. care what people thought. Right. Yeah. So when she was doing things that I was afraid to do or just be herself, 
I would criticize her. And I think a lot of times, even as Christians, a lot of our judgment is really jealousy. Like we talk about people, oh, they're shacking up. Are you really mad they're shacking up? Or are you mad that you... That that you not get a none. Like, are yeah. you like we talk about the the LGBT community or like, are you really mad that these people could just be themselves freely and you can't? Like, I just think a lot of times our judgment is jealousy, and I just I don't know. For me, I think even going back to this, uh, I think sometimes we you can't overcome what you're not willing to overcome. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm going to keep judging you and talking bad about you because really I'm jealous of you. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. jealous of how you get to live your life. I'm jealous of how free you get free, to be. Yeah, free. Mm. And like, <sighs> SJ, like that is what you're talking about. That is the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Literally, who's like, okay, you're going to do that. Cool. I no still matter you. what. That is God. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing can separate like, us I, from his I love. I have chills like, because that is literally the heart of God. And even the... You know, most radical Christians can't seem to still love people like that. That holding space and like, all right, you're going to go left. I really think we should go right. Um, But whatever, you know, and I'll go a step further and I'll help you get out of the mess when you get yourself in the mess. Yeah. Like that is the heart of God. That's a beautiful character. And it says for God so loved the world, the world. Yeah. yeah. Not for God so loved the church. Not mm-hmm. so for God so loved the saints. For God so loved the world that he gave. So my thing is like, if he loves the world, like. Why don't mm-hmm. something's not adding up? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> oh I digress. I digress. <laughs> All right. The last question I want to ask us is, um, what is one of the hardest things you've had to overcome and why? Oh, am I going first? Yeah. Okay. For me. Um, honestly, I think some people might not know this, but I was married um at a young age and I did it because that's what you think you're supposed to do right you marry young um and then I was not a good person I didn't do the right things I lied a lot um to not only my then husband but my friends my family um and then it took a solid good long time for me to really accept who I was as a person yeah and to finally say I screwed up Like, I wasn't who I said I was, Mm. you know? So I tried to play this part of, um, you know, I'm leaving for this reason. Mm. It's not because of that. It's not because of that. No, I'm not. No, I was full of shit, right? So I did have a family who supported me through it all, which to this day I love. But um, I think now... I always talk about it, but being able to be authentic Mm. and be true. Yes. Um. It's a big deal for me. And it's so refreshing. Because I truly, for my 20s, I wasn't that person. Um, So again, I've like thought back to friends that I lost during that time and different things where, again, my family was through it all, but a very select few of friends. So, you know, a lot of people laugh and they're like, where did SJ come from? You know, my name's Samantha, Sam. And my old friends are like, who the fuck is SJ? Even, you know, and I'm like, it's just funny because it's almost like that's who I want to be because I love SJ. I love who I am today more than who I was in the past. Right. So for me, it's just that's who I am and that's who I want to continue to be because she's real. Yeah. Yeah. I love SJ. And it's so refreshing. (laughs) So refreshing. Thank you. It is. Thank you. 
I know why people will be inches away from each other just to come to your class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall in that blank, though. <laughs> oh, my Lord, y'all. If y'all watch the episodes you back, Zoe was here. And y'all, last week, I'm in SJ's class, and I couldn't hold the plank. And my leg slipped. But I knew I had to stay up because I knew I did not want to fall on Zoe. Because Kira, who was on here, fell on me. And, and I was like, God, if I fall on Zoe, I'm like, oh, God, what you I know. on in there? <laughs> We just all want to be in there. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be there next week. <laughs> Yay! Come on, coming in hot. Is it? Hot. It's heated. Yes. Ooh, child. Yeah. I know. I'm all right. Not, overcoming. Um, I would say obviously yes. Like addiction has been hard to overcome, but uh, uh there's so much trauma that comes with it. And uh, for me, I would say my my mom guilt and my mom shame. I mean, I used to drag my baby to trap houses and you know do the unthinkable with this little boy, and so. Today, you know, I've worked through a lot, but I'll I'll find myself taking him places, spending money on him, and really just like this unhealthy overcompensation because I've I've missed out on so much, and um, I missed out on those little years of him, and I think about the situations that I put not only you know myself in, but him as well. Yeah. That 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 little boy, and, and he should not have his mother today, but um, the guilt and shame that that residual is that's a whole self-forgiveness self-love journey that is very personal to me even my husband who is noble my son noble his stepfather is like okay well you've made amends and he forgives you and he loves you and i'm like you and I'll, i'll get defensive i'm like it is not yours like you don't get it it's such a personal yeah thing for me so that's been um and continues to still be one of my biggest things that I'm having to battle and overcome. Um, I just had a bunch more babies, so like I just can do more do-overs, <laughs> but. Um, you are an amazing mom, by the way, just so you know. I have a lot of help and thank you. No, and, but, but you are. And I'm a and I'm a, the shame and guilt of being a briefcase mom. You know, I show my love in different ways. I, I provide, I wanna give my kids opportunity and privilege. And yeah. like, I feel a lot of shame from mothers who are soccer mom in the minivan with the Uncrustables and they're everywhere all the time and they want to pull their hair out. And like, I I can feel that sometimes yeah. where I'm, cause that's not who I am. Like I'm teaching my kids to be independent. But there are, there are people like me, for example, who mm-hmm. looks at you, who were very similar when it mm-hmm. comes to work. And one day, hopefully God will give me a baby and mm-hmm. I want to be like you. Mm-hmm. So know that there are people myself included who look up to you and we love. can do it all that's my thing you can do it all i believe right? in the like, and lifestyle i do yeah. not live a or lifestyle i will be a good mom yeah. and run a business Period. i will that's, do this yes. and that like, i'm tired of living or so you can have both um and I, I meet a lot of women who are like, I'm, I, I'll wait till my priorities are in order. I'll wait till this. And I'm right. like, girl, no, like, don't wait. Don't. Tomorrow's well, not promised. And it's, it's whatever is you're comfortable, but you can do both. Yeah. I do both. Um, but yeah, that's been like the hardest thing to overcome. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a work, like in the work person, like in therapy, snot bubble crying. Like I want to do the work cause yeah. I want to be better. I want to heal. I don't want to shy away from the hard stuff. So that's, that's that. Ooh. Amy? Um, I had to overcome other people's messages about who I am. I think that um, it became really easy for a really long time for me to just kind of fit into the boxes that made other people more comfortable. 
Um, and honestly, to just kind of get bullied. Yeah. Just get bullied, especially by other women that weren't necessarily out there for your best interest, right? Mm-hmm. But they're there for themselves. Yeah. And, um, and really just accepting and being proud of and loving me for all that I am yeah. and all that I'm supposed to be as a mom and as a as a worker, but just as a me, just as Amy. And I think that overcoming how much I hated myself yeah. mm-hmm. um, and, and really learning to love me mm-hmm. and the, everything about me. Yeah. It's Oof, been that's massive. So powerful. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. It's the women's plight. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably would say one thing about overcoming, I probably have overcome or I'm overcoming the opinions of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that I am on a journey of, um, I remember I was hanging out with Emily Johnson and she read a quote and it just hit my spirit about living a life that's most true and most beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, every day in my confession, I say, I am living a life that's becoming most true and beautiful. And I feel like I'm doing, I'm going to do it. Like I'm doing this podcast. I'm being honest. Um, I'm going to sit, I'm going to still sing. Like nobody can put me out of a church that they didn't create. Yeah. It says on this rock, I will build my church. So you can't kick me out of church no matter what you want. We are the church. (laughs) We are the church. (laughs) You ain't lying. And you can't kick me out. So I just think that I'm, yeah, I just want to live a life that's most true and beautiful. And I'm not saying that, um, I don't think. I may not always share everything, but I'm also not going to live a life where I am not um, being an advocate for things that I believe in. Yeah. So I may not be the person that be like, hey, like I may not be open as Brienne and share my story, but I refuse to have a platform and not stand up for what I believe in. Amen. Every single time. Amen. No so. playing small, sir. Woo! Play big. Mighty God. So we wrapping this thing up, but we can't wrap up this episode without 1-800-ASK-A-SAINT. Hey, Saints and Aints, me and my girlfriend are lesbians. We are. We have been watching your podcast since episode one. We love it. I love y'all too. Uh, we recently tried to serve at our church and they rejected us because of our sexuality. My question is, how can the church do a better job with the LGBT community. The church cannot reject itself. We are the church. And and I think the main thing that I just keep coming back to really is, is uh, you know, the, the body of church is supposed to look different. Yep. And when you're rejecting one piece of the body of Christ, you're rejecting a piece of God. Yep. And that's wrong. Yep. You can't. And you're limiting your scope of who God is. You really, really are. So you're not acknowledging and allowing to really understand the depth and the beauty of who God is. If we were all made in God's image and you're telling someone that they don't belong there, you are deciding that that piece of God does not belong in your life. And that is wrong. It's Mm -hmm. wrong. And for me, it's just like, who are you to dictate who God can use? That's right. Like who, like you think you have have that much power to dictate who God can use. I mean, and I'm not comparing any, but like Jesus used an ass in the Bible. A donkey. So if you, you can't tell me he can't use a beautiful lesbian. Like he can't, like you're telling. Are they beautiful? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope they are. <laughs> I mean, right. Uh, you are now. You know, Come okay. on. What? You are beautiful. I'm just, yeah, I don't understand. God can use anybody. So I just sure. think maybe it's there. The church is lost. Well, that's for fact. The church yeah. is lost and it, until the church starts to become the church again, Jesus ain't coming back. I'll tell you that. 
the church has, it's our duty to become the church again. Um, but what I will say is like growing up a pastor's kid with all the trauma I've experienced, all the politics, all the, oh, I mean, I don't even have a word for it. The hypocrisy, yeah. the fundamentalism, like with all that, there are so many churches available. And for me, my motto in living my most authentic life is to go where I'm celebrated. Yeah. And there are so many affirming churches. There are so many churches I don't want to be. Yeah. I don't want to be in the mega church that says one thing and does the other. I don't want to be in the church that, you know, um, talks about homosexuality in the next week. They're actually out there living that like, and re <laughs> I don't want to be in that. I don't want to be in that level of judgment and hypocrisy. Like I want to be in a church that's vulnerable and transparent about their struggles. And like, for me, if this was me, I would go where I was celebrated. I'd find an affirming church that would not only let me serve, but they would praise and celebrate me and they would speak my language. And that's why I go to Victory Outreach East Las Vegas is because their whole ministry was born out of East LA gang members, drug addiction, alcoholism. So when I can hear the pastor speak my language, I feel at home. Yeah. And that's, 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 it's, I don't think that we're going to be the, ones that can change that possibly i think eventually yes That's, enough people will stand up yeah but for the, the my hope for this girl is that she doesn't say hey you know what church isn't for me she says this church isn't for me That's and right. she goes where she celebrated and where she feels like she has a home yeah so it's sad but true that's it right there because essentially like the church that she's going to it was not built for her it just wasn't built. I think for it's her. also hard to find that church that is, though, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like someone who is trying to find that church. Let's mm -hmm. be honest. I'm just coming back to my spiritual self. So, going to those different ones, there's so many good things at different, you know, spots that you go to. But it's like you can't find one that has it all, if that makes sense. Um, it seems like it's always missing something. And that's what's hard. Like yeah. you want to go, you want, and I, I love going, don't get me wrong, but it's still like, this is huge for me. I said it on the very first podcast I was on. What do I not agree with is this, right? Like mm -hmm. I have an aunt yeah. who's a lesbian. Like I don't agree with this. This mm -hmm. to me is you marry whoever you want to marry mm -hmm. and we support you mm -hmm. no matter what. I can't name a church who does that yet. I hope I find one. Right. right. But, you know, I, I'm not there yet. And I again, I hope I find one. I hope I'm able to find one that has all my beliefs. But that's what, you know, my mom always says it's like a buffet church. You pick yeah. what you want from it. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't be it, though. It should be. Everything I don't know. I feel like. Like, for instance, say I shop at I shop at Nike. Yeah. I may not agree with everything that Nike does with the money that I give them, but. There's enough things that I align with to be okay to continue to shop at Nike. I think it's a difference. See, I can't agree with that analogy. Only because yes. you're talking about something the biggest of all, right? Like Because I don't I, I think I don't think that somebody can stop God from ministering to somebody. Like like say But say, that's what the church is telling you. But that's not possible. You're, but because okay. God goes God God is <laughs> In, in, right and everything but then at that church if if you're gay that they don't accept you there right so that's my issue my issue is if if you're for everybody if this is what you preach this is what you believe in but if this person's gay if that person's gay they mm, 
And they I, shouldn't come. Like, how, yeah. how is that okay? That's not okay. And I think the hardest part is, I think that, I think sometimes Christians just can't say, I don't know. That's what I, I agree. I literally, because I, I have read a Why book. are they even talking yeah, about this? This should I just be agree. like, our job is to love you. One yes. plants, one yeah. water. I read a book it's by two Christians. I read a book by Jackie Hill Perry called um, The Good Good God, Gay Christian. I mean, Good God, Gay Girl. And then I read another book called um, The Gay Christian. These are both Christians. One book believes something different. Another book believes something different. And they're both books. Christians. Yeah. And, and so if you're a Christian and you're going through this, what the hell are you supposed to do? Right. And the church should just say we have an infinite God and we have finite minds and we don't know. We yeah. know our job is to love you, love on you, love yeah. everything that you have and understand that you are just a part of the body. Like that, and and to me, like some of these hot topics are, it's only a couple. It's like abortion, homosexuality. It's like these few hot topics, and people are like done mm. with the church. It's like nobody talking politics. about politics. Mm. talking about pride. Nobody talking about adultery. Nobody talking about your problem with porn. Nobody talking Ooh. about like. And you know, some of these pastors is watching porn. You talking some? about adultery? You cheating on your wife? <laughs> like, but I guess there too, right? So. Why are we talking poorly about porn? There are some people that are Christians yeah. that are participating in porn. I guess where does so so I guess like even we need to really address what's going on within ourselves before we start looking at because we again, we are the church. Yeah. We need to address what are the biases, what are the judgments that we have against sex workers, people that are in porn, people that are women of color, whatever it is before we go off on all of these other spaces, really get ourselves right with what does it look like to be a Christian? Yeah. What does that look like to love freely? Mm-hmm. Well, and if we say that we allow everyone to establish their own convictions, then our job is to love and let people establish their That's own convictions. It. And my conviction may look, I am a cursor. My pastor <laughs> knows I am a Peter. I curse. I curse a lot. <laughs> And, and I, there's everybody in my church knows where we're at and who we are like, and that's just what it is. But you know, everybody, it's not my conviction yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will be one day, but it's not my conviction. I have other convictions. Anger is a big conviction of mine. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I have my certain convictions. Like, and I see other people in the church screaming at their wives, screaming at their kids. Like, and I'm like, I don't want that. So, you know, I think like our job is really ha- more hands off than we think it is. And, totally. and people yeah. think they can start speaking into your life when I didn't ask you to speak Ooh, into my yeah. life. I asked you to, to be a conduit of God's love and let me find my way. That's the issue. Support. And why I'm finding my way. Let God use me. Absolutely. Let God use you. you yeah. know what I mean, don't, yeah. I, I just think that like, while this couple is finding their way, let God use them. Like, who are you to tell somebody they can't be used by God? We celebrate all these people in the Bible, but they had so many flaws. Mm-hmm. All of David, them. so many flaws. You know what I mean? Like, I went to this church um, for a while in Portland, and a lot of people actually came out in that church, and it was a really beautiful place to be. And at the end of um, service every day, the pastor would give a benediction, and it said, wherever you're coming from, wherever you're going, you belong. Whether you're a longtime Christian or a spiritual seeker, you belong. 
And I think that's another piece too, is we need to be open and willing to be able to understand that God is so much more than anything that we might understand and just really get right with ourselves. Truly just get right with ourselves before we go off judging anyone about themselves. I'm, I'm messed up enough. I got my own problems. Baby, to I got stuff I'm trying to figure out, but I love the Lord. Mm, amen. <laughs> Ooh, mighty God. Mm-hmm. And I, all right, it's time for the benediction. I cannot let you leave without a word for the day. One of my, um, I literally stole this message from Nate Johnson, but um, I put my little Raynaud can spin on it. Um, one of the one of my favorite verses in the Bible, or my favorite stories, is when Jesus turned water into wine. Um, Jesus does this at a wedding, and I think in life we will all run out of something. We'll run out of patience. We'll run out of grace. We'll run out of mercy. We'll, we'll run out. Like <laughs> we'll run out of time. And literally when we run out, who are you going to run to? And every time I run out, I have ran to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about the white evangelical Jesus. I'm not talking about the Jesus that (laughs) just love white people. I'm not just talking about the Jesus that love black people. I'm not talking about the Jesus Mm -hmm. that don't like the gays. I'm talking about I run to the Jesus where nothing can separate me from his love. And every time I run out, I run to him. And when you look at that story, when they ran out of wine, They run to Jesus and Jesus does a miracle. And when you look at a miracle, a miracle is something out the normal ordinary. Uh, It's it's, it's not ordinary. It's extraordinary. And I want to live a life that every time I run out, because I've ran out, Mm -hmm. I run to Jesus so he can do the extraordinary. Ooh. Mighty God. If you're a business owner and you would like to sponsor ah, fire, fire. Uh, this podcast, you can email the not safe for church podcast at gmail.com and I promise to respond to you. Okay, we're wrapping up. I would like to thank my sponsors, my wonderful co-hosts, and I want to remind you to like, comment, and subscribe. I want to thank SJ Campbell for sponsoring hey, this episode. She's the you. owner of 103 Yoga and the Vegas Planners. Ooh. I want to also thank Claiborne Urban Loops for this good music. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on NSFC Podcast. Till the next time, Jesus <laughs> yeah. is for everybody. Hey, 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 hey.